Hi, I'm Jonathan Edwards, and I want to welcome you to the Jed Breaks Bread podcast. My goal in this podcast is to teach the truth of the Word of God and apply it to our lives that our orthopraxy might be as good as our orthodoxy. May you be blessed. Welcome. Welcome back to the Jed Breaks Bed podcast. And we are going to be discussing today the Sabbath and the creation ordinance of rest. How does the Sabbath, which was a special day given to Israel, relate to the creation ordinance of rest, which is what we uh, looked at in our last episode? Uh, first of all, I think we need to understand and acknowledge that there is a great deal of confusion that exists in Christian circles concerning the Sabbath day and the day of rest as a creation ordinance and the relationship of Israel to the Sabbath and the relationship of the church to the Sabbath. This confusion is, I think, evidenced by the fact that, you know, we have some so-called Christian organizations, Christian groups, who are known as Seventh-day Adventists, or they are known as the Seventh-day Adventists. They believe that, you know, you need to worship on the seventh day, which is Saturday, the Sabbath, just like God commanded um, Israel to do. And they, they say that is for the church. Um, there is a lot of confusion concerning the different Sabbath rests. There is confusion concerning, um, is the Sabbath for the church? And how do we translate the commands from the Old Testament relating to the Sabbath forward into the church age? You see, a lot of us are, are really quick to say, you know, the Ten Commandments, we're going to bring that to the church age, but, you know, one of the Ten Commandments is honor the Sabbath and keep it. And what do we do for that in the church age? I mean, technically, all of us are violating the Sabbath. We are violating that command because for Israel, the Sabbath was the seventh day of the week. It was Saturday. And I'm I'm fairly confident that nobody that I know, uh, and nobody that's in the Christian circles that I'm in, takes their rest day on a Saturday. They don't do that. They take their rest day on Sunday, the first day of the week. And so one of the ways to get around this is like, oh yeah, because Jesus rose on the first day of the week, then you know, everything just got moved to Sunday, and so now we just replace Sunday with Sabbath day, and we kind of just bring forward all the commands about the Sabbath, and we apply them to Sunday in the church age. And, and I think that's a little bit disingenuous, because the Sabbath was very specific, all right? The Sabbath rest for Israel was um, very special. It was unique to the nation of Israel. And why do I say that? Well, how, how many years had the rest day ordinance been in effect prior to the nation of Israel? I mean, probably a couple thousand years. We don't know exactly the time frame between when God gave, uh, you know, Adam these commands or this understanding. We don't know the time frame between Genesis chapter 2 and 3, and then all of a sudden... Um, Leviticus, I'm sorry, not Leviticus, Exodus, where Moses has led the people out of Egypt, and Moses is now on Mount Sinai, and he's receiving these commands. There's probably 2,000, maybe 3,000 years of gap there. It's a, it's a significant gap of time, and yet it's not as if the rest day ordinance went unknown. 
It's not as if it went unpracticed. Of course, the heathens wouldn't practice it, but God's people knew about it. God's people practiced it. So all that to say, there's a lot of confusion concerning the Sabbath and the creation ordinance of rest. And so in this episode, we want to kind of dial in and get really specific about what the Sabbath is and why it's important for Israel and why it is modeled and based off of the creation ordinance of rest, but it is not, uh, the commands concerning the Sabbath are not what we bring forward and apply to the church in the church age, okay? And that, that's going to be a lot of information. We are probably not going to be able to cover the church age in this episode. That may be for next week. But for today, let's start by defining the Sabbath and what it is. So the Sabbath is a command that God gave to Israel, and it is based upon the creation ordinance, the creation ordinance of rest, okay? In addition to being a command, the Sabbath is also a sign for the nation of Israel, okay? It is a sign, and so we're going to look at some scriptures that uh, reference the Sabbath as both a um, command and as a sign. So first, the first scripture we're going to look at is in Exodus chapter 20. All right, Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Okay, now in case you're not familiar with where we're at in scripture, Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through uh, 20, are the traditional verses that we use to uh, determine what the Ten Commandments are. So this is the passage of scripture that we're in. We're, We're reading through these verses that have become codified or become known throughout the Christian world as the Ten Commandments. This is the fourth command, right? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Exodus 28, verse 9. Six days you shall do labor. I'm sorry, yeah, six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant, or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. And here's why. Why should you not do any work? In six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Okay, and we talked about that, what that meant in our podcast last week. But for Israel specifically, Here is God providing a command, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And he is providing this command for them, and then he bases the motivation or the logic for observing the Sabbath day on the creation pattern. So the logic why we observe the Sabbath day, the logic of why this is an important day to acknowledge, is based upon the practice that God initiated at the creation, when he created the world in six literal 24-hour days and then rested on the seventh literal 24-hour days. Do you see why last week when we were talking about the creation, it's so important to understand the creation as literal days? Because when you come to later portions of Scripture, if you don't understand them as literal days, the text becomes confusing and challenging, and in some cases meaningless. If the days were each ages, this would make no sense whatsoever. Okay, that was a little aside, a little rabbit trail. Sometimes we get off on those, but we're going to get right back on focus. Okay, 
The Sabbath was given to Israel as a command, and it was based upon the creation ordinance of rest, but it was also a sign between Israel and Yahweh. And here, I think, is where the real distinguishment comes in for Israel and the church, okay? The fact that the Sabbath is a sign. Okay, so now we're over in Exodus chapter 31, and the the verses in question are Exodus chapter 31, verse 12 through 17. All right, but there's just a couple of verses I'm going to read here, okay? So Exodus chapter 31, verse 13. As for you, speak to the sons of Israel, saying, You shall surely observe my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, so that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. All right? Now, verse 16. So the sons of Israel shall observe the Sabbath to celebrate the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the sons of Israel. Okay? So this um, relationship of the Sabbath is something special between God and Israel. All right, now what is a sign? A sign is a continual reminder of a covenant between God and man. So part of God's covenant with the nation of Israel included this Sabbath rest. And if you recall from your studies of the Old Testament, there was a weekly rest, okay, so the one day in seven, one day out of seven days you were to rest, but there were also other Sabbaths that were observed throughout the year, holy days, festivals, um, such as the Day of Atonement, uh, there was the um, Festival of the first fruits, and there were other festivals and holy days that were also considered Sabbath days to the Lord because they were a reminder of covenant promises that God had given to Israel. And this is what really separates the Sabbath and Israel from the church and the Sabbath, okay? The Sabbath has a special relationship to Israel because it was part of the covenant promises that God made to Israel. It was a reminder that Israel served a God whose name was Yahweh. It was to be something that brought their attention back to how they were different from the foreign nations around them. When the foreign nations around them, uh, you know, they didn't, they didn't practice any set-aside day for worship. I, I, and I don't mean that to say that they didn't have worship days. Of course they did. And there are probably examples of them having specific calendar days, perhaps even weekly calendar days of worship. But what God established with Israel was different in a fundamental way than the nations that were around them. And so this observance of the Sabbath by Israel, when they specifically worked the six days and then rested the seventh, that was a reminder to them of the covenant that they had between uh, themselves and Yahweh. And this is not new, right? We find these types of signs given throughout the Old and New Testament in order to help man remember his relationship with God. So, for the example of Noah, or in the example of Noah, the covenant sign that God gave to Noah that he would no longer flood the earth was the rainbow. In God's relationship and dealings with Abraham, he gave Abraham the physical sign of circumcision. And that was to remind Abraham 
that he had a special, unique relationship with Yahweh. The Mosaic Law Covenant, the Sabbath, was one of the physical reminders of the relationship that Israel had with Yahweh. And you may say, well, what about the sacrifices? Well, the reality is not every sacrifice was offered uh, every week. Okay, for especially like the 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 sacrifice um, of the sheep during the Passover, like that was a once a year sacrifice. And you know, you know how it is when you do something once a year, you're like, oh, this is really important and special and unique. But then at other points of the year, you forget about it. Like I'm not thinking about Christmas in June or July. I'm not really thinking about Christmas right now, except that the stores are full of Christmas stuff. But Christmas is a really special time of year, and it's a, something that we use to commemorate the birth of Christ and his advent here on earth. But it would be like that for the nation of Israel, too. Why? Because we're human. We tend to focus on the things that are immediately in front of us. We need regular reminders. So the Sabbath was a regular reminder of the covenant that Israel had with Yahweh, as opposed to um, or in conjunction with, I shouldn't say as opposed to, I should say in conjunction with something like the Day of Atonement, okay? Now, in the New Covenant, what are the physical signs that we have that help us understand our relationship to Jesus Christ? We have communion. We have the breaking of the bread and the cup. Um, in the Grace Brethren, we practice the foot washing, and we also practice the love feast, these are three physical symbols that we do that remind us of our relationship to Jesus Christ and what he has done with us. Now, the fact that the Sabbath is a sign for Israel is very significant because nowhere in the New Testament is the Sabbath given to the church to be a sign for the church. Think about that. There's nowhere in the New Testament where the Sabbath or a rest day is given to the church specifically so that that day can bring them to a remembrance of their God. Now, I'm not going to say, I'm not, I'm not saying that to say that we don't have a day that we set aside for worship. We do. We do have a day that's set aside for worship. But even in having a day set aside for worship, we can't make the argument that it's always an essential that it be the first day of the week. That has to, happens to be traditional practice. It happens to be possible in you know, a large portion of the world. But when we talk about the Sabbath and the New Testament Christian, or when we talk about the creation ordinance of rest in the New Testament Christian, we're going to learn that it, it's not always true that the Christian has to worship on the first day of the week. In contrast to Israel, their prescribed day of worship was the seventh day. It was the Sabbath. And how do we know this to be true? Well, we start looking at some of the other verses that talk about the Sabbath in the Old Testament. For example, in Numbers chapter 15, uh, verses 27 through 36, we find a, an example of a man who broke the Sabbath by gathering firewood. And what comes about as a result of this is that the Lord reveals to Moses that it was outward rebellion, that breaking the Sabbath is a sign of rebellion against God. Now that, that is something a lot more significant than what we deal with as Christians in the covenant uh, or the era of grace, okay? 
under the new covenant. Breaking the Sabbath, being a sign of outward rebellion, was published or punishable by death in the Old Testament. So it, it wasn't just like, well, you know, I didn't quite get enough firewood, and so I got to get some firewood. No, it seems harsh to us, but because we understand and can discern that when you don't keep the Sabbath, it's a sign of rebellion against God, now you understand why the death penalty is deserved. What do all rebellious sinners face when they stand before God's judgment? They are going to face the death penalty because God cannot tolerate sin. In fact, that's what God said to Adam at the very beginning. If you sin, if you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. There was no mistaking it. So if breaking the Sabbath was a sign of outward rebellion against God, then keeping the Sabbath was an outward expression of faith towards God. All right, so I'm going to take you to a couple verses in Isaiah here. All right, a couple verses in Isaiah. Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58, we're going to look at verse 13 and 14. So Isaiah is, uh, is speaking a prophecy here, and this is a prophecy that comes directly from God. And here's what he says. If because of the Sabbath, so like if you remember the Sabbath and you are convicted by the purpose of the Sabbath, if because of the Sabbath you turn your foot from doing your own pleasure on my holy day, and you call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and you honor it desisting from your own ways. That means stopping your own activities and stopping from seeking your own pleasure and speaking your own word. Then you will take delight in the Lord. And I will make you ride on the heights of the earth, and I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. What the prophet Isaiah is communicating through uh, through the oracle of God, is that Israel had profaned the Sabbath of the Lord by doing whatever they wanted on his day. But if you are convicted by that, and if you recognize the Sabbath as a sign, and you decide to do what God says on the Sabbath, that will bring you peace and prosperity. It will bring you into a right relationship with God. So breaking the Sabbath was an outward sign of rebellion, but keeping it was an outward expression of faith. All right, and and this is communicated so clearly in the the situation where God, while Israel was in the desert, gave them manna to eat. Right, for six days they collected only the manna that they were going to eat. I'm sorry, for five days they collected only the manna they were going to eat that day. On the sixth day, they collected two times the amount of manna that they were supposed to eat. And the manna lasted the sixth day and the seventh day. And then on the first day of the week again, the manna would fall. You recall that those who were greedy collected too much manna. And they left it till morning and it spoiled. But what was God teaching Israel? If they ceased from their labors on the Sabbath day, and if they devoted the Sabbath day to worshiping God, to resting from normal activities, God would provide for them. But they had to exercise faith. They had to act in faith to do this. They had to collect twice the amount on the sixth day, but not any other day. This is an important um, visual reminder of God's provision. And so, (laughs) 
you, you can just imagine these people are like, well, why would we stop working on one day? The, the bugs don't stop eating. The weeds don't stop growing. The sun doesn't stop beating down. The wind doesn't stop blowing. Our crops need attention. Our cattle needs attention. Um, we need to be able to survive. And God is saying, look, you will survive just fine if you put faith in me. Prioritize worship and let me take care of the rest. You see, so breaking the Sabbath was an outward sign of rebellion. God, you're not going to take care of me. I got to do it myself. Whereas keeping the Sabbath was an outward expression of faith. By keeping the Sabbath, Israel was able to cease from normal life activities, okay? Um, they were able to take that rest that is so important. They were able to be refreshed in their body and in their mind so that they could work hard for the next six days. You know, keeping the Sabbath was also an outward expression of worship to God. You know, Again, there weren't like national congregational sacrifices that were happening every week, but the Sabbath was a time where fathers were to spend uh, their day worshiping God and leading the family in worship and communicating God's truth to the children so that the children would then know Yahweh and fear Yahweh and serve Yahweh. Finally, the Sabbath had an important future aspect for Israel. For Israel, there is promised a future Sabbath of rest. You know, of all the nations on earth, Israel has toiled and struggled and been persecuted more than any others, and yet they still persist to this day. Name me one of the other empires from the scriptures that is still alive and around this day in the same constitution that it was back when it was written about in the scriptures. You can't do it. Egypt? No, they're still here, but they're, they're way different than they were in the scriptures. How about Assyria? Philistines? Gone. Gone. How about Babylon? Gone. How about Rome? Gone. Okay, all of these nations, all of these empires have risen and fallen, but who is still here and who is still practicing life according to the instructions that were given, I don't know, at this point, nearly 4,500 years ago. Who's still here? The Israelites are. The nation of Israel is, they have toiled, they have striven, they have been um, mocked, persecuted, abandoned, they've been left for dead. In fact, for hundreds of years, there wasn't even in Israel, even though there were Jews, it wasn't until 1948 that the modern state of Israel was reconstituted, and guess where it was in their historic land? It was there in the same land that Abraham walked on, the same land where David ruled, the same land that was conquered by both the Assyrians and the Babylonians, in the same place where Jesus was crucified. The Sabbath is a covenant between Israel and God in that the Israelites can hope in a future rest, and they will one day enjoy a rest that they never were able to experience during their sojournings on earth. And, you know, the reason they didn't experience their rest during their sojournings is that they continually angered God. They continually rebelled against the covenant that God had set forth with them. 
if you go back to Deuteronomy 27, 28, 29, and you recall that God promised blessing for Israel if they obeyed and curses for Israel if they disobeyed, you will understand that Israel received the blessing for really only a very short period of their existence. They never really entered into a rest. In fact, they spent the majority of their time as a nation in in the Scriptures being under the curse of God because they were rebellious, they were stubborn, they were willfully ignorant of God's truth, and they were more interested in being like the nations around them than being like the holy God who called them. And so this uh, Sabbath, the Sabbath, the covenant of the Sabbath, reminds Israel and points to a future rest that they will have. Jesus offered that rest to the nation of Israel, but they didn't accept it on his first advent. But when Jesus comes a second time, at that time, all of Israel will be saved. Zechariah chapter 12 tells us that they will look on him whom they have pierced, and they will weep, and they will all be saved at that moment. And then Jesus will come and put his feet on the Mount of Olives, and he will rule over them. And as he is ruling over them, that is when Israel will truly enter into their covenant rest. They will enjoy that rest because they will be ruled truly by the right and appropriate heir to David's throne, that is, Jesus Christ, and he will rule with perfect justice and with perfect application of justice and with holiness as his chief end and result, and he will be a ruler of all rulers. So this covenant for Israel reminds them of a future rest that they can look forward to. And and at that point, Israel will have rest. They will be in their land. They will have freedom from all their enemies. They will have the righteous judge ruling them. And they will have rest. So the Sabbath, what do we say about it in conclusion? The Sabbath is for Israel. But the creation ordinance of rest is for the church. We need to be very careful to make the distinction between the Sabbath and the creation ordinance of rest, because the Sabbath has specific meaning for Israel, while the creation ordinance of rest has specific application for everybody else. And that would be literally everybody else, because the Sabbath is only for Israel. Well, that's all for today. Hopefully, you'll be able to tune in next week as we look at the creation ordinance of rest in the New Testament and how it applies to us as church-age saints. May you be blessed, and may you strive to practice God's truth to the best of your ability. 